Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Welcome back to Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday, and today I am joined with a very special guest, um, Renee. Renee, introduce yourself, please. Hi, everyone. I am Renee, and I have been kind of in the unschooling and peaceful parenting realm for um, seven or eight years now, and just recently have um, kind of moved to being a stay-at-home mom um, with my son, who's eight. Hey. Yeah. Renee, you were a, an integral, integral, oof, that's a hard word to say, <laughs> part of our um, Agile Learning Center, our self-directed learning center um, here in Michigan. And you helped us um, really from the start of all things. And we opened in 2020, which was a particularly crazy year. And you kept sanity where we might have otherwise lost it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, and yeah, we are so grateful for everything um, that you have given us. And I think you have a particular gift with patience and an incredible amount of patience that I've maybe never seen in another human being. So oh, wow. that is like your superhero power. If you ever, like somebody's ever like, what's your apocalypse skill? That's it for you. you. <laughs> Among many, many others, but patience <laughs> is like your superpower for sure. Um, and thanks for being here. And we are here. It's late August. It is um still summer, technically, but it's now taken on a whole new title of this season between like, I don't know, maybe it starts like early August now through barely lasting through early September. Very few schools go back to school in September, but it's back to school season, which means a lot of different things for a lot of people. Um, and we thought we'd talk about it because you and I have both had kids in public school settings and self-directed settings and nature school settings and probably other places, just home with us. Um, so tell me about how your back to school season is going. Yeah. Um, so this is my son's second year back in public school. Um, previous to that, we did the nature schooling and then the, you know, our SDE center. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment and being the second year, it feels less um, chaotic because I kind of know how things are going to go. But it brings up a lot of emotions just um, because it you know, thinking about what the right things are and always kind of being that person who assesses um, things that go on and things I want to be prepared for. Um, but yeah, we, we made it back to the first day this week. And so it's been going really well. He wanted to ride the bus. And so he's just growing in a lot of different ways. And um, it's been really awesome to watch. Hmm. Um, you mentioned it brings up a lot of emotions. Can you kind of pinpoint some of those for us? Because I'm sure they're all over the spectrum of emotions. Yeah, well, I have just been going through the waves, riding the waves of 
moving from a mom who completely unschools at home, home with my son 24 <laughs> seven to the mom who's home and my son's not here, he's in school. And um, that was a really, um, it was a really thought out decision to make that change. But there are a lot of emotions with it, even though it feels like the right change, right? So um, I think that part of me feels sad that he's not at home and that I'm not that main person. And part of me feels a new sense of freedom and like there are positives that come to it. So it's like a big mix that I'm kind of working through. Um, and like, there are things that I see even in like the first three days of school that I've noticed that I'm like, okay, that's not necessarily something that jives with me. <laughs> mm. um, like he brought home this bucket list that they did in class and it was like four things that he had to write. And it was like, do the I ready math and reading test, follow the rules, don't lose fun Friday. <laughs> and so that puts up emotions. Is it a to-do list? <laughs> That's his to-do list. And I'm like, okay, so how much of that is just him being who he is, which he does have a very grown-up personality, but how much of it that is already them instilling those kinds of fears and um, things in them, you know, so that brings up a lot of emotions for me. That's really funny. Are you, do yeah. you know, did you, were you able to ask him like where those ideas came from at all? I haven't yet. I want to okay. talk to him. He kind of just like threw them out of his folder before bed last night. And I was like, Oh, what are these? So we haven't really had a chance to dive into it, mm -hmm. but, um, that's part of something that's really important for me with this going back to school in the system, right? That is helpful, helpful for him in so many ways, but um, has a lot of, you know, structure and systematic things that as a family, I don't want to put, um, put on a pedestal, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's something I really want to talk about with him and make sure that he knows he is not tests or grades or um, he doesn't have to feel anxious about these things, you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so those things were <laughs> tests. Um, what was the Friday thing that you mentioned? So in his class, and he had this in first grade also, but they do fun Fridays at school where um, for a portion of the day, it's just fun stuff, <laughs> you know, kind of like an unschoolers day from morning to night. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like their one day when they've got an hour or two of agency and control and can choose what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but he told me that his teacher this year is very strict about, um, you know, if people are talking or these kinds of things, they get a letter removed. And if they get all the letters removed, then they get that fun time taken away. Um, and is so, it like a full alphabet that they're removing letters from? It's not like from their name. Cause if you have a name like no. Joe, you're, <laughs> you're, you're at yeah. a disadvantage to Kimberly. <laughs> right. He didn't really say, I I'm guessing maybe it's like Friday or fun Friday oh, or something okay. like that, if I had to guess. Sure, because that makes it more say. fun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I know that these, well, 
I, I guess I would imagine that these were some of the parts of, um, transitioning from an unschooling world, from an SDE world to a more structured school, conventional school world. These were already things that I would imagine you were kind of clenching a little bit about and holding like some nervous feelings over, um, these kinds of rewards and carrots that get dangled in front of our kids to create some sort of random extrinsic motivation, external motivation. Um, How does it feel now seeing it? You know, it's just, it is hard. Um, And for anyone listening who doesn't know me like you do, um, I very much am still of the unschooling philosophy and Um, The reason why I chose to, I feel like I should say this, the reason I chose to put him in public school is because he was quite anxious without having um, a very structured environment. And so that's why I chose public school. And um, I know some people don't have the choice Mm -hmm. of public, you know, some people have to put their kids in or some people are just starting to take their kids out. And so I know everyone's kind of on a different place in this process. But um, yeah, that was one thing, consequences and rewards and things like that was something I was biting my lip about from the beginning, because I knew that's just part of how you control a room of 30 kids. Mm. When you have curriculum and you have to get, yeah, how would you get through those things? So that's the sad part is unfortunately, that's been shown to, you know, change kids behavior right Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah so i definitely that's something i'm always thinking about is how do i protect that intrinsic motivation um, when school is so much about performing and um no talking and i'll reward you for this and um i can see it at home sometimes because he'll ask for a reward and I'm like, what do you mean? We've never, <laughs> we've never given you, you know, you just do it because you like, or because that's what we do as a family. And um, I can see how, you know, years down the road, it really gets ingrained into mm-hmm. kids because that's what rewards and consequences do it. It shapes, it shapes you as a person. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, hmm, there's so much there. Well, I know, let's start with the fact that um, you chose, and you say you chose, but I know that you chose as a family. It wasn't like a a unilateral decision that you made. Um, And you chose to try it and see how it would work. And it did seem to really help some of the behaviors, the external signs that he was showing Mm -hmm. that the day was creating some anxiety with, with almost too much freedom too many people that were around him that he didn't necessarily feel like he had safety or control around. Um, I think those were some of those things. Um, and so you saw, and he saw, he really enjoyed school last year. And and I know that there was probably some part of you that I would imagine there was some part of you that felt kind of like a little bit of like heartbreak over that. Like you kind of wanted him to hate school. (laughs) I kind of did. Yeah, yeah well and it's funny because I'm like going through the opposite experience right like we tried mm-hmm. to keep our kids in in school because they had been in school before our SDE center existed um they really had community there they had friends there even though 
Yes, the M&M cups for behavior and the removal of recess for punishment and those kinds of things made me just go literally spiraling mentally into wherever <laughs> dark hole I would go to. Um, and I tried really hard to channel that energy into advocacy, um, but it felt like endless advocacy and um, yeah, like for me, like the third or fourth time, maybe the fourth time when my kids had recess removed or they were made to stand. Actually, they were, they technically got recess because they were outside, but they were made to stand against the school building's wall. Um, and these were for things like on their way from the lunchroom to the door outside, they were too loud in the hallway. So then the entire class, like all kindergartners and first graders, actually one of the times it was two two classes of first grade, two classes of kindergartners were all made to stand against a brick wall for the entirety of recess. And it was a cold winter day in Michigan um, with kids who don't all have winter coats, hats, and gloves. And that infuriated me because they were too loud in the hallway. Now you're going to like, what? yeah, obviously anyone who knows anything about being human um, knows that that isn't going to work as an effective punishment. Um like most punishments, but anyways, um, okay. I'm digressing, but my point is just like, we're, we're doing the opposite. Like we are finding, um, for the first time again in a few years, um, this will be our second year without school. Um, that like we're, we're returning to not looking for rewards and, um, understanding like we're, we're doing things at home because we want to care for each other and be in community with each other as a family. Um, but yeah, and, and and for the same reasons or similar reasons, I have a lot of like mixed emotions back to school season. Um, I like sometimes think I'm past it. Like I, I'm getting a little teary right now talking about it. Um, I drove past the school on, on one of the first days and I wasn't expecting it and it was pickup time and I saw friends of mine there and I saw community members that I am no longer in contact with there. And it was like, kind of a gut punch because I didn't expect it because my head is so far away from school that I, I didn't even register like, oh, it's the first day of school. Um, and it caught me off guard. And I was kind of like, sometimes I still think like, why couldn't school just work for us? Like maybe it would have just been easier, um, but it didn't. And that's the reality. And I'm really, really happy with where we are. And my kids are really happy and and we've let them choose um, these last two years to stay in SDE or go back to public school, um, honestly. And they've told me I could share this information. It came down to them using the bathroom whenever they needed and eating whenever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really simple, basic human need things that um, just like they were kind of floored by actually last year when we were talking about it because they were like, no, 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 like we we love our friends and yeah, there's some stuff that happens there, but we really like the teachers. And, and then they were like, um, yeah. And then it was my husband actually, who was like, you could go to school at the SDE center and and use the bathroom whenever you need to and eat whenever you need to. And my, um, at the time, seven-year-old, eight-year-old was like, whenever I need to, (laughs) we were like, whenever you need to. And he's like, definitely then I'm going to go to the school where I can eat and pee whenever I need to. Like how, basic is that. And that, um, so yeah, like I know that we've made the decision right now and they've made the decision for themselves that works for us. 
Um, but it doesn't mean that there aren't parts of school and what it brings to our life um, that I feel sad about, especially because so much of our community, like in general in society and in um, the culture, at least here in the US hinges on school. Um, it's really rare that people even think that you could exist without school. And I know most people in my life, um, I grew up in the Chicago area. Most people still think of homeschooling as like a thing you only do if you're religious and live in the country and wear bonnets. Um, <laughs> and they're like, you know, and you don't get socialized, right? Like there's so many assumptions that we make about homeschooling because it is, as a term, it, it does feel like in, anti antiquated. <laughs> feels old <laughs> well, and you know, it's okay you know I um it really breaks my heart though hearing that story about the kids standing against the wall um I've heard similar not to the degree of the whole class but you know my son has mentioned um like I remember last year if you didn't have snow pants you had to stay on the concrete you know and just things like that um and it i guess that's something that i am always thinking about with the back to school season is how kind of like you said how some of those basic needs are pushed to the wayside and kids don't have the ability to go to the bathroom whenever they want. And I understand that part of that is because of how, like the sheer number of kids there are mm -hmm. and the, you know, just for their safety, like keeping track of everyone. And I think that's part of it, but um, I definitely do have some emotions regarding that. And I think that that's what's so important as a parent who is, doing the public school journey. Um, and I think that's part of unschooling too, is, um, you know, listening to what our kids needs, or in my case, kind of assessing the situation and thinking, you know what, this might be what he needs. Mm -hmm. um, but I very much as the year, I don't know, it's like part of that, like back to school for me, is like a shift to with the weather and just wanting to um, feel motivated. And it kind of almost feels like a new year kind of situation where it's like, okay, you know, I can start fresh and what do I want to make sure I focus on? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's making sure that he feels, um, he feels protected and he feels that, you know, he, is important and what he thinks and feels matters. And I don't ever want him to feel otherwise. You know, when I went to school, um, I I guess I liked it, but you know, none of us really knew any different, right? <laughs> I guess I liked it. I guess this is just life. And um, I, I guess I was kind of anxious, but I was more of a daydreamer. So like I did good in school, but um, I was always looking out the window or doodling and not really there. Um, and as I got older, um, I went from private to public education. I switched partway. Um, you know, I really started to take on those emotions and feelings that kids observe when you're walking in the hallway, just having fun, and then you something really important gets taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember being a very shy and I'm still a shy and quiet person and an internal person. I like soaked all of those things that I was seeing up. Mm -hmm. And even though my son is very, very outgoing and bubbly, I see that sensitivity in him like I have. And um, so that's something that I just am going to be watching for and makes me feel emotional because I do feel like, you know, um, public school doesn't always look out for that or think about a child's heart. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that that's just one thing back to school. You know, I just want to be doing that at home, making sure. But um, I, it, for me, it's just a very, um, it's something that I think I will always be assessing and that if it doesn't, if it starts to become emotionally detrimental, mm -hmm. then I'm going to shift, you know, shift focus and change and go from there. But when I think that's what I've learned in these last few years about self-directed education, that you can be, you can consider yourself involved with self-directed education and attend conventional school because that's what your family needs right now. Mm -hmm. But by also maintaining that connection to self-directed, you're teaching your children how to be empowered, how to um, use their voice for consent, how to say no, even if it's to adults, and even if it leads to uncomfortable circumstances while in an institution like school, um, and that they can come back to you and talk to you about it, right? And that you are attuned to their needs. And um, yeah, I mean, it is hard when you hear things like the snow clothes and yeah. like, talk about <clears throat> access and who has access to certain things. And so right. the problem is, I get it. The problem is then they come in, they've got wet pants and now you have to figure out how to get pants and you have to take the time and you don't have all that time because you have to get through this reading. And, and so I think a lot of it is um, requiring adv advocacy from all angles, right? So the teachers feel frustrated by it too also, but I think they can lose sight of the bigger picture because they have maybe somebody breathing down their neck or someone saying you have to achieve this, this, and this, or someone constantly analyzing their behavior. Um, and I know like when they were using recess as a punishment at our school, um, it was in kindergarten. It was with a kindergarten teacher. I loved, I just loved everything about her. And then when she told me that, I was just like, what? Like, and how does she not see this? Because I know this person has training in special education. I know they're qualified in this. And I know that they know better. I know they have their own children who they know have movement needs. And um, at the time, I was like, I remember I used to walk to school to drop off and pick up. And I was walking one day and I was like, okay, like, I think I just have to say something today because it's, it's so heavy on my heart and I trust this teacher and I trust that she knows I'm coming from a good place and I'm not trying to tell her I know better than her um, or how to run her classroom. I know that's not comfortable as a teacher. Um, and I also was thinking to myself, this will probably never even apply to my own child because he's such a compliant rule follower. And at the time, like that was, he was so, um, you know, almost obsessed with compliance and being the good kid. And, um, and that day I got to school and the teacher started by saying, Oh, it was a rough day. Everybody was just really bubbly and really, and using these words that I actually consider positives towards kids and using them in a negative context. And then, um, 
And then she went on to say, almost everybody, including your child, lost recess today. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, this is the perfect door you just opened. And I was like, speaking of that, I wanted to talk to you about some of the research behind why that's not a good idea. And um, we were able to have good conversations. And like I said, like uh, with the, the standing against the brick wall thing, I was livid the first time it happened, right? Um, the second time, like, what the heck? And and we had every time conversations with the principal, conversations with the principal's boss, conversations with the, the teachers, family meetings. And every single time we were assured like, oh, that's not our way. You know, they would say like, that's not the um, Riverview way. That's not the name of the school, but I don't want to out them. They're working on themselves. Um, and I was like, but saying that is so unspecific. You're not telling us what is the Riverview way. And you're not telling how are, how are you showing the staff members that that's not okay. And that it can happen three or four times that I know of, and it's still going on. And this is over the course of years now, and I'm still supposed to trust you with my kid. Um, and so I think it's really important, like you said, like you're willing to pivot when you see it stops working um, and that you already know your options um, aren't exclusive to finding just a different school. I think a lot of parents think, oh, hey, now I have to find another conventional school. And yeah, there t- it takes some nuancing of life if you're going to unschool or, or homeschool, because typically you need a parent available to do that. Um, but yeah, it can be really complicated and really stressful. Um, but I guess all of that being said, how do you guys still consider yourself or how do you still support those self-directed ways while, while being engaged in conventional school? Well, um, honestly, our home life hasn't really changed much. And I think that is my goal. Um, you know, as far as school, he hasn't really had any homework or those kind of things in first grade. Um, but like when he does, or for the testing, the state testing, they did four times last year. Um, I don't make a big deal of it. I don't involve him in, you know, I'm not like, oh, wow, you're really good at this. Or, <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't bring those measurements into our life at home. And um, I make sure that he has all the freedom at home that you know, for lots of reasons and um, is not available in a school, public school setting. Um, But, you know, I think that every family is so different. But for us, like, he always is involved in family choices. Um, Bedtime is, and I think that I don't know, people might think this is weird, but he (laughs) just gets to go to bed (laughs) whenever he wants, you know, and it's just like, I, it, we want him to be a person, you know, and I think that so many of us, like you were saying, our whole society is so geared towards like public school and, oh, what grades your kid in, or are you doing this or that? Um, I feel like after we get through the whole school process as adults, we lose who we are. And we've gone the whole time without freedoms and without being able to go to the bathroom when we want. And I think that what I'm doing at home to answer your question is just making sure that that never gets lost. 
Mm. And um, despite having some things that, you know, I wish were different there, um, I, I don't bring importance to them. And um, like conferences are another good example. Mm. Going back to school, you know, those come up at some point. And I think back to me because, like I said, I see a lot of my son, me and my son, I should say. And um, I was always a good student, but those were always so stressful for me as a kid because I would go along. Mm. And what it was was like, how are you as a person (laughs) based on how are you doing at these, you know, these subjects that for some reason we decide are important. And um, I don't mean to go on. I kind of, no, I I remember like those those were, those were the things when we were in public school too. And um, like, I remember going to the first kindergarten parent teacher conference and being like, you know, and they only had, gosh, what was it? Like 13 minutes maybe to talk to each set of parents. Right. And so here's this person who's spending, you know, about whatever, 35, 40 hours a week with my kid and seeing them in a totally new environment that I had never seen them in and seeing them interacting socially in ways that I had never seen them. And I was like expecting, this is how naive I was, right? Like I was expecting them to talk about my kid and what they like doing (laughs) and who they were as a person, like you said, like, but they make it who you are as a person based on these numbers and metrics. And I don't care about those. And it's sometimes like when you go to the pediatrician and they're like, here's the growth chart. And I'm like, I don't need to see the like growth chart. Tell me if they're growing and healthy. (laughs) And I'm like, I believe you. I see it myself. So Um, but yeah. And I just remember like walking away, like, wait, but we didn't talk about my kid. We talked about like their reading score, their math score on a test when they've never sat at a computer and used a mouse and you sat them down on a computer and we're like, here, use this mouse and take this test. And I remember asking him about it and he was like, I didn't know I took a test, you know, like, and which is fine and good. Right. Like that's the better Mm -hmm. situation. But I think it's just so funny that, yeah, that's exactly what we did too. Just like he didn't know there were grades in, in those um, grades that he was in. He didn't know he was getting scored. He didn't know that, um, you know, they were telling me what percentile he's in against the national average. Like that means zero to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he is, you know, mentally well and healthy and thriving in those ways, that's what I wanted to hear about. And um, I'm sure the teachers also want to talk about that, but they have a script that they have to follow. And that was kind of heartbreaking to me too. Um, yeah. Well, and I think um, that's why I feel so happy that I know you and have my foot um, in this community with you guys and SDE. And um, because I know that you and, you know, some other people who are in the community truly understand um, because even with my son in public school, I find I have some of those kind of emotions you were talking about where it just feels like that, like those metrics and the age and the grades and everything, like that's all that some people that that's just where their mind is, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, like sports, for example, you know, I talking to people and it's just, um, that's a whole nother can of worms. (laughs) But it's just, it's, it makes me realize how differently I see the world because being part of some of those conversations, 
I realize that I don't value those things mm. the same way. And so that's why I love, um, love unschooling and I love SDE because I think it really comes to valuing the child and giving them that, you know, sense of control and in their life about things that they like and not metrics, like you said, and testing and um, being the best at this or, you know, I think it can just kind of spin out. But um, so it it does bring up a lot of emotions, but I feel more confident this year um, than last. (laughs) And and so I think um, it's just a process of growth, you know, for him and for me. Yeah. So, um, Lauren, I thank you so much. And I am so grateful to know you as well. I have to say that. And (laughs) you have way more than just your foot in the door of SDE and your whole body in there. (laughs) And I think also, um, I know I'm going to schedule some follow-ups because this whole sports thing, we've got a whole plan to talk about (laughs) that because there's so much in there. And then the bedtime thing is a real activation point for a lot of people when they hear you can have a child that doesn't have a bedtime. Um, It's kind of like, how will they ever learn math? They're like, how will they ever go to bed? Like, yeah, they learn to listen to their body. And it's pretty (laughs) amazing, actually. That's right. Um, But thank you so much for joining me today and talking about this. And I know it's raw and it puts you in like a little bit of a vulnerable place talking about the emotions. Um, But it's a roller coaster of emotions with back to school. And I think sometimes on social media these days, it can be like, it seems like it's universally represented as like, slow down the car, open the door, kick your kids out. Thank God summer's over. And I just like, I really hate that narrative. And I hate that it's all over social media because people forget, I guess, that kids are also on social media these days. And like, how awful, I don't know. Just like, how awful would you feel as a kid seeing that? um, Even if it's not your own parent, just being like, cool, this is how they feel about spending time with me. Now I got to go back to the four walled institution that removes recess when, or fun Friday. When yeah. Right. Not behaving. Yeah. Your absence being celebrated, you know? Yeah. yeah I agree with that. Um, I would love to come back and talk yeah. more. I know there's so many topics yes, <laughs> that absolutely. we can delve into. at any time. And thank you Great. so much for sharing today. And um, we'll talk soon. Everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye Renee. Thanks. Bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.